Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. I told you when I was coming back to radio, and particularly in this time slot, that one of the things I was looking forward to most was the ability to cover breaking news, which generally doesn't happen in sports first thing in the morning, and so I've not done a lot of it. These were not the stories I was looking forward to covering, but this is what is going on during this unprecedentedly busy sports week. On a day that for the first time in history, we will have eight playoff baseball games going on. And tonight we will have game one of the NBA Finals. We have had our first NFL game postponed because of the coronavirus. And with that story is our NFL insider, Diana Russini. So, Diana, for those who have not seen any of it, in the first place I saw this was from your reporting on Twitter. But for those who have not seen anything, catch us up. Where do we stand as of right now with the league, the Steelers, and the Titans? So right now the league has decided to postpone Sunday's game between the Steelers and the Titans in Nashville, which was supposed to be played at 1 o'clock on Sunday. They are now trying to decide what day they want to play this game. So really this was something that the conversations about moving the game started yesterday, and they really got serious this morning. Uh, They want to be really smart, obviously, and very safe about – having these two teams together in a stadium at Nissan Stadium in Nashville that was allowing fans on Sunday to be there. So here's what's on the table now. One option is to be to play the game on Monday night, and if they don't decide that Monday is a good fit for them, then it will be Tuesday. Now, the things that are factoring into the decision is what the results of the testing uh, will show over the next few days. So, Greeny, we know that the Titans tested positive, or at least eight members of the organization did. Three players included tested positive for COVID. More players that were around those people were tested that day and the next day. And today those results came back uh, with really good news that there was only one person that tested positive. But as we know with this virus, it sometimes uh, incubates and it takes a few days for it to show a positive test. So, Basically, the league really needs to see that the Tennessee Titans don't have an outbreak that is going to be out of control. They want to make sure this is controlled. And once they can figure out that, I think that is when the decision will be made when this game will be played. Yeah, they released a statement a little while ago saying Monday or Tuesday would be the plan and that they will announce that as soon as is possible. What what do we know, Diana? You've been all over this. What do we know about the way this is being handled internally? Like the Titans, they can't practice. They can't go to their facility. The doors are shut. They can't get back there till Saturday at the soonest. What do we know about how they're handling it and what, if any, preparation they can be doing for a football game? Well, one thing about this team that I've learned cover, from covering them over the last few seasons is they definitely don't – they're not panicked. Uh, the sense I'm getting, and I've talked to a few players, i talked to some members of their coaching staff, um, they, they're already really comfortable working virtually. They did it in the off season, So from a logistical standpoint, they were back in meetings yesterday, this morning, going through what they need to do. The problem is they can't be out on the field. They can't actually practice, which, of course, they're going to want that time, considering that they also had a very shortened offseason and they didn't get a lot of time. So anytime they can be out on the field, this team wants to be out on the field. But their attitude really is let's prepare and stay focused because we're going to be playing this game. And everyone sort of has had the same mentality about this, which is 
COVID is going to force you to change. It's going to force you to have to um, sort of go with what the situation is. And, and it seems that Tennessee has sort of opened their arms into saying, all right, this is the card we've been dealt. This is unfortunate. It's nobody's fault. Head coach Mike Vrabel actually just spoke to the media. Uh, and, you know, he was very serious about uh, making sure that fans and the world did not think that this team was the was the reason for this, that this just happened. There is no blame. There was no one person that made a bad decision. Um, so, uh, you know, for them, I think they're just, they're just getting ready for this game and hoping they can get back in the building. Cause Greeny, that's another aspect to this. That's really important is the league wants to give Tennessee one day of actual practice before they were playing a game uh, because the competitive disadvantage is apparent. I can read you that quote, actually, from Fable. He said, I know there's going to be a lot of questions about the game and who's to blame. Nobody's to blame. We're in a pandemic. Unfortunately, things happen. John and I feel comfortable that since receiving the protocols in August, we followed those by the letter and that we were conscious of everything that we did. This is a very unfortunate situation, but one that we're confident we'll be able to handle safely with the football team and the players' best interests in mind. So, Diana, again, the story here. Uh, the soonest the game might be played now between the Steelers and Titans is Monday. It might be Tuesday. I know that you and everyone will stay all over that. Diana, thanks a million for jumping in here. Thanks, Greeny. All right, we'll see you later. That's Diana Rossini on the Shell Pinsville Performance Line. I'm Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. And that's where it begins. It begins with something that we all knew was going to come. We saw this a flurry of this at the beginning of the restarted baseball season. or That was just started um, in July. And we saw a bunch of positive tests and we saw teams have to shut down for a little while. And of course, they play every day as opposed to once a week. So they, there were games that were missed and games that had to be rescheduled. And there were a bunch of doubleheaders. And obviously, that's not an option in pro football. But this is what we're going to have to live with as fans. And more importantly, this is what all the people who put these football games on, primarily the players, are going to have to live with as well. And I will tell you that on our show this morning on Get Up, Dan Graziano, who will join me in about an hour, another of our outstanding NFL insiders, said one of the most interesting things that anyone has ever said to me in all the years I've been a broadcaster. Because we were having a conversation about the situation the Titans might be in. At that point, we didn't know the game was going to be postponed. But let's just live in a world where their opponent, and this is a very big game. Not that any game week four is meaningless to anyone, but this is a very big game. These are two 3-0 and teams in the AFC. It's, it's an important game, and, and it figures to be important because, because both teams figure to be good for the long haul. Now, let's just live in a world where the Steelers get to practice and have a normal week, and the Titans don't get to practice. They can't gather. They're all in their homes. Who knows what access they have to whatever workout equipment they do. They're going through their meetings virtually on Zoom and all the rest of that. And then they come together and they have to play a game. And Dan Orlovsky and I both said to Graziano at the same time, that's not fair. And he said, and this is what I'm referring to, one of the most interesting things that has been said to me. He said, for the first time ever, fair is not the top priority. And I think all of us have to get our minds around that. And I'm not going to criticize it. And I'll tell you why. Because the alternative is not doing this at all. And we cannot allow perfect to become the enemy of good. 
in this or any circumstance during a pandemic. Under normal circumstances, I would be standing on this chair that I'm currently sitting on and screaming, this is not right. You can't do this to a team. This game means whatever it means. And that's just not the right way to go about this. Under no circumstances can this even be an option. But everything is an option in 2020. Everything is an option in a pandemic. Major League Baseball is starting 10th innings of games with a runner automatically on second base. If you can do that, you can do anything. And so if what the Titans have to do, unfair though it may seem, and in fact may be, is play this game at a disadvantage, then they will. And the truth is, if the alternative is not playing at all, this is better than that. Because our choices are not have a perfectly fair season or an unfair one. Our choices realistically are have a season that has unfair components to it or not have a season. If every time a team is going to be impacted or influenced by the coronavirus, we shut things down and don't play that weekend, there is no way they'll get through the season. None. The chances are not slim. They are zero. Dan Graziano also said, and I complimented him on this phrasing. He said, of all the actors involved in all of this, players, coaches, the league office, executives, fans, everybody involved, only one actor will get exactly what it wants, and that is the virus. The virus is in control. It will do what it does, and everyone else has to adjust to it. Some people, I'm actually seeing people on Twitter who were sending me notes saying, Greeny, when a player has a twisted knee, they let us know that so that we can make informed decisions for gambling and fantasy. Because of HIPAA laws, they're not releasing the names of the players who've tested positive. We don't know who it is. It could be on the Titans. It could be the 52nd and 53rd man on their roster. Or it could be Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. They're two most important players. I don't know that. And we're, we may not know. And people are saying, Greeny, that's not fair. Once again, fair is not the priority. The question is, do we want the game played or not? If we want the game played and it serves no one's best interest for the games not to be played. So if we want the games played, then we're going to have to be willing to put up with some of this. And I'm not suggesting it won't be frustrating. And, and, and I'm not suggesting that I won't be one of the, the first people to be yelling and screaming at the end of the season, this was not fair, and the Steelers got screwed, or the Titans got screwed, or this team, or that team, or whoever it is. The one thing we don't have to worry about is that it won't be my team. But that's an aside. I will not, I will not criticize the league for doing this. It is reasonable. Now, another thing that was raised this morning was the possibility that by not having the ability to work out all week long, it might increase the chance of injury for players playing in these games, that is a significant concern for them, for the league, for the teams, for everybody. And I think that the only reasonable thing you then do is you consult the same people, I guess you're consulting on any other medical decision and make the best decisions you can. So if that's one of the reasons, that very well may be one of the reasons the game is being pushed to Monday or Tuesday. And if so, then so be it. If that's what's meant to happen, that's what's meant to happen. I sat through as we all did. No one needs to feel sorry for me. I, 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 my life has been impacted by this probably less than almost anyone I know. I still got up and went to work every single day. 
So many people have it far worse than me. But what I will say is I sat there in Bristol by myself at that desk trying to talk about sports every single day through March and April and May and June. And I sat there thinking to myself, if we could just get these games back, how wonderful it would be for all of us. And not just because I'm a sports announcer, but because I love this stuff. I place a disproportionate amount of importance on this. I sat there yesterday, put the baseball games on, put my feet up. I couldn't have been happier. And I'm going to watch the basketball tonight and all the football all weekend. I'm going to watch the terrible Jets play the terrible Broncos tomorrow night. And I'm going to enjoy the hell out of myself. Maybe not during that game. But you know what I mean. I'm going to do it because we love this. If you're listening to me right now, you love it. You're not listening to a sports talk radio show if you don't love sports the way I do. So we're all just going to have to live with a little bit of this. This is the ante. This is the price that we are paying for the ability to have these games. All right, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. uh, And again, the guest on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, Progressive Insurance with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. We're going to have Jeff Van Gundy coming up in a little while. He's going to join us a little later in this hour. He was scheduled to join me here. He's going to be a little bit delayed. As we look ahead to game one of the NBA Finals tonight, Lakers heat, and this is about as good as it could be if you're looking for storylines. If you want storylines, they, they are aplenty in all of this. The two that intrigue me the most both involve the best player. And that, of course, is LeBron James. I myself am fascinated by the dynamic of LeBron against Pat Riley. And any of us who are old enough to remember the NBA 80s and the 90s will always be fascinated by Pat Riley. Pat Riley was the NBA's movie star. Pat Riley was a larger-than-life figure on the sidelines for the Showtime Lakers of Magic and Kareem in the 80s, and then the Knicks of the 90s, who were the literal opposite of that. However you want to describe them, whatever adjectives you would use to describe the beauty of what the Lakers did in the 80s, you would use the antonyms to describe what the Knicks did in the 90s. But those teams are beloved to this day by their fans. And so Pat Riley, who is a one of the really huge figures in pro basketball's history, has some beef with LeBron. And I think the feeling is mutual. So Riley sitting up in that suite with the mask on and LeBron on the floor to me is the second most interesting part of this rivalry. The, the genuine dislike, the fact that you know these guys don't like each other and that it does matter more. This head-to-head matchup between them, it does matter more because of the history. They'll tell you it doesn't, but they're not telling you the truth. Of course it does. So there's that. But that's not the number one storyline. The number one storyline, of course, is what all of this might mean to LeBron's legacy. Hembo sent me a magnificent collection of, of notes on LeBron's legacy. LeBron James has won three NBA championships and four MVPs. There are three players who have won four of each. So if LeBron wins this championship, he will have four championship rings for MVPs. There are three players in NBA history who have at least four of each. Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 
Michael Jordan and LeBron would be the fourth. And it's interesting because Jalen said it to me on TV this morning and he and I have had this conversation and it's hardly an original thought. But in basketball, and I think only basketball, when we name the greatest players, we do it in Mount Rushmore form. When we do it in football, we argue over who is better, this guy or that guy. When we do it in baseball, maybe we make a list of the top five players or the top ten. In basketball, we tend to do a Mount Rushmore. And the names I just read you, Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, and LeBron James are my Mount Rushmore. So this just gave me outstanding statistical backing. But that's who I have on my list. Michael Jordan, who I believe is the greatest player of all time. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who is the most accomplished player of all time. Bill Russell, who is the greatest winner of all time. And LeBron, who again would join them as the only four-time champion and four-time MVPs in the game's history if he wins the title. Next, LeBron James' extended prime shows with his rank among the all-time playoff scoring leaderboard. He has scored more points in the playoffs than anyone in history. He is making his 10th appearance in the finals. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar also played in 10 finals. Sam Jones of the legendary early Lakers, excuse me, Celtics, made 11, Bill Russell 12. So what's at stake for LeBron? Only everything, only everything is at stake for LeBron James. Because the flip side of winning this championship is losing. And the one thing the great player cannot do is lose when he's supposed to win. In my view, if you diminish LeBron James in any way for having lost to the Warriors with Kevin Durant or having lost to the Warriors that first year when they met when, when LeBron's best teammate was Matthew Della Vadova because Kyrie was hurt and Kevin Love was hurt, if you diminish him for those, those are demerits on his resume, then I'm honestly with direct, not interested in your opinion on anything else because it suggests to me you don't know what you're talking about. The one thing you hold against LeBron and the one thing Michael Jordan doesn't have wrong on his resume, <clears throat> pardon me, Jordan never lost when he was supposed to win. You can explain away every single series and every single significant moment that Michael Jordan ever lost. LeBron has won. The 2011 final against Dallas that hurts him. It is one legitimate thing you can hold against him. And if, if he should ever lose this series, everything set up for him. And Jimmy Butler is a great player, and Ben is tremendous, and he may become a great player. And they have good pieces, Tyler Hero and all the other guys. And, and they've got the really, really good coach, underappreciated good coach in Eric Spolster, and the legendary Riley sitting up there in the booth. But LeBron is supposed to win. He's the best player in the series, and he also has the second best player in the series on his own team. So he's supposed to win. So what is at stake for LeBron James in these finals? Literally everything. Be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-ESPN is my phone number. ESPN is presented by Dr. Pepper. It is official. College football is back, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you. You can treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper 
today. We're going to throw open the phone lines, and today's game is going to be called, What Do You Want to Know? This is the busiest sports week in history. We've got all this football. We just had the Stanley Cup. We've got eight playoff baseball games today, and the NBA Finals start tonight. So I'd like you to ask me your sports questions, and I'll do my best to answer them. What do you want to know? 888-SAY-ESPN. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Every time in this series a game was hanging in the balance, Miami put their foot on the gas pedal. The buzzer sounds. The Heat and the Lakers will open up the NBA Finals Wednesday night from Disney. And Wednesday it is, and we're looking forward to it tonight. Game one of an unprecedented finale to an unprecedented NBA season. But the one thing that we can become accustomed to is that LeBron James is in the finals. His 10th NBA Finals tonight and on the mic, of course, will be the great Jeff Van Gundy, along with Mark and uh, Mike Breen and everybody else. And Jeff Van Gundy joins me here on the Shell Penzo Performance Line. Hello, Jeff. Thanks for doing this. No problem. How are you? I- I'm really good. And-, and I've been so impressed with everything as we have gotten to this place. And I'm so delighted that we were able, that they were able, all of you were able to do it and provide all of this for all of us. And so let's get right into this. I am fascinated by this matchup. And I go back to the playoff series that Jimmy Butler first made himself a star was when he was playing in Chicago on those Tom Thibodeau teams, and he made LeBron James' life miserable when he was on the Cavs. He deed him up for 48 minutes. He can play him physically. He can match him athletically and and, and strength-wise, which so few players can. Give me your sense of what you expect that matchup to be in this series. Well, I think Butler obviously is the primary matchup and then I think the good thing about Miami in trying to limit James as much as possible is they have Jimmy Butler Jay Crowder has the strength to play him and then Iguodala who played him a lot when he was in Golden State against Cleveland so they have a third guy Um, obviously LeBron poses all these issues but I think the bigger issue is how they match up with Anthony Davis where they don't really seem to have a great matchup, particularly when L.A. stays big, and can they rebound with them? Uh, Because L.A. is so big, so powerful um, all over the court, whereas, you know, Miami, 
they start basically four smalls uh, and an undersized center. But that undersized center is Bam Adebayo, and he has sort of taken the world by storm, Jeff. What, what can he do? What is he in this series against Anthony Davis? Well, I'm interested. Will they match him up with Anthony Davis to start the game? Or will that go to Jay Crowder and try to keep Adebayo out of foul trouble playing against the bigger, more physical you know, Dwight Howard? But uh, I think he's obviously going to have to play exceptionally well like he did in the Eastern Conference Finals. He's going to have to do it, um, uh, come up huge on the backboard because they are an undersized team, and he's going to have to play huge minutes for them. And so uh, there's a lot on his plate and on his shoulders, and he's going to continue to have to be a a dominant force and a hub on the offensive end as well. Uh, Greeny and Jeff Van Gundy with me here from the bubble game, one of the finals tonight on ABC. I asked the question to Jalen this way this morning on Get Up. Uh, I expect the Lakers to win. Jalen expects the Lakers to win. But if a week and a half from now, Jeff, you're back here with me and we're talking about the Heat winning the series, winning the championship, what will it have been? What will they have done, in your view, that will have allowed them to pull off what I think most people would consider to be a huge upset? Well, I think it starts with their mentality, right? I don't look at it like it would be a huge upset, and I would suspect Miami thinks they're every bit as good as L.A. That's how they have to think. Like, this is a pick series. That's number one. I think, two, they're going to have to limit their turnovers uh, because L.A. is devastating in transition. In half court, though, they're guardable. And I think if Miami can keep it into the half court and not ignite their transition with turnovers, uh, that'll be um, a huge factor for them. I think third, they're going to have to get that balanced scoring. They can't just go to one or two guys. They have to play a high-energy offensive game with a lot of movement and a bunch of different threats on the court. In any one game, someone can hurt you. And then I think finally um, we'd have to say if they were to win it, man, I can't believe they rebounded so well against L.A. because L.A. has dominated the glass, particularly against smaller teams like Miami. I think those four factors, you know, they've got to get, you know, three of those four to win it. Jeff Van Gundy is with me here with excellent insight into a a series and a, and a, a series of chess matches that will be fascinating. One of the good things that I think has come from these last six or eight weeks, Jeff, is Eric Spolstra getting recognized for being a great coach, which I'm sure you already knew, but I think most people, when they look back on the run that the Heat had when LeBron was there, LeBron gets all of the credit, and and wherever he goes, the coach tends to get comparatively little. I think the world is seeing Eric Spolstra for being a great coach right now. What specifically would you say he has done so well to get his team here? Well, I think, in general, it's the steadiness of his leadership. And, you know, these before this season, Mike, over the past five years since the James left, they missed the playoffs three of the five years, mm-hmm. right? And and yet, no matter what type of iteration the Heat were putting out that year, he just coached, he led, and he gave them their best chances to win. And I think uh, the thing I admire about Eric is he combines, as does Frank Vogel and Brad Stevens and a lot of these coaches, great expertise with supreme humility 
And that's hard to do. And as far as James getting a lot of the credit, I find it interesting that no matter who coaches LeBron James, they get very little credit. But the guy that LeBron James is often compared to, Michael Jordan, his coach, Phil Jackson, got a ton of credit. And I wonder why it is that we try to diminish the coaching of like a great player like LeBron James when, heck, there's never been a great coach who hasn't coached great players. That's how you become a great coach. And so with Spolstra, I've always thought because he's so humble and he deflects all credit uh, to the people above him, to the players, to his assistant coaches, that somehow we've fallen for that. And instead of giving him more credit, we've given everybody else credit except for him. Maybe you've answered your own question. <laughs> if there's, if, I love Phil Jackson. I covered him for years. But if there's one thing no one would accuse him of being, it's humble. And so, <laughs> so I think, um, and, and I think he'd be the first person to acknowledge that. So maybe that's the biggest difference between the two of them. Again, the Heat and the Lakers, game one of the finals tonight, 9 Eastern on ABC. Jeff Van Gundy and company with the call. Thank you, Jeff. Enjoy tonight. We'll all be watching. Okay, take care. That's Jeff Van Gundy. I, listen, I say that with love. If, if Phil was sitting next to me, I would say that. And he would, he would smile and he would acknowledge it. Phil Jackson is a lot of things. Humble is not one of them. All right, 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. We're going to play What Do You Want to Know coming up next because there's more sports right now than there's ever been on any other day, literally ever. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, and it is time for some Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. The Straight Talk is this. It's the busiest sports week in history. The reasons for it are terrible, but the reality of it is wonderful. 
We had the Stanley Cup on the ice the other night. We have the NBA Finals starting tonight. We have eight playoff baseball games today. That's never happened before. And, of course, the NFL and college football in full swing. We take the bad with the good, but today we can celebrate this as sports fans. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Now it is time for you. We're throwing open the phones at 888-SAY-ESPN. We'll play What Do You Want to Know? With all the stuff going on, you ask me a question about sports, and I'll do my best to answer it. Nick, you're first up on ESPN Radio. Nick, what do you want to know? How you doing, um, Mike? I want to know if LeBron James surpasses Michael Jordan and gets his seventh ring, do you put him ahead of him on your Mount Rushmore, the greatest player ever? Yes. If he gets to seven, which I think is extraordinarily unlikely, but yes. I I am one of those that you may have seen me posted on Twitter or on Instagram. Whenever Michael's name comes up, I always say, best there ever was, best there's ever going to be. And a lot of that is a function of your age. I don't think I will ever watch a player in any sport whether it's Patrick Mahomes or LeBron James or anyone else, and say that guy's better than Michael Jordan was because nothing will ever move me the way he moved me. But the reasonable person inside of me would have to say if LeBron James wins three more championships and that's going to take him until he's 37, 38, 39 years old, then yes, he would become number one on the all-time list of greatest players. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Jose, you're next. Jose, what do you want to know? Hey, Greeny, how you doing? Excellent. It was a long-time listener, first-time caller. I've followed you since you were on Mike and Mike in the mornings. Thank you. But uh, anyway, I would like to know, what's it going to take for Dak to get his extension? I mean, I see when get his extension, and he's about to get benched. So what's it going to take for my quarterback to get his extension? Thank Let's you, talk Greeny. about Thank you. Let's talk about Dak for a minute. I read a fascinating column down there in Dallas today talking about how he has become a polarizing figure. Dak Prescott is a great quarterback. I will say that again. Dak Prescott is a great quarterback. And to say someone isn't as good as Russell Wilson or as Patrick Mahomes is not suggesting they're not great. Just like you can be really, really rich without having as much money as Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates. Those guys are the richest people in the world. Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson are the best quarterbacks in football. Dak Prescott is more than good enough to win with. And the Cowboys screwed this up. They should have taken care of his contract before they took care of Zeke's and a whole lot of other people. Because now he has them directly over a barrel. Because you are worth whatever someone has to pay you in this league. And they're going to have to pay him $40 million a year to stay there which my prediction is, is what's going to happen. You will wake up one morning and you will read, or hopefully you will hear him get up. Dak Prescott has just signed the richest contract in NFL history. Maybe not the half a bill that Mahomes has, but in an annual value, he will have the number one contract in the sport. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Junior, you're next. Junior, what do you want to know? Hey, Greeny, uh, long-time listener, big fan. Glad you got your show back on sports radio. Thank you. Uh, just wanted to get your opinion on what you think it's going to take to get Bill O'Brien out of Houston. Hmm. Obviously, all us Texans fans believe in our hearts that Bill O'Brien is holding back Deshaun Watson, and we all feel that way. Just wanted to know what you think. Thank well, you. so the, the, the conventional thought that people throw out there all the time is that you hear this over and over. Bill O'Brien, the general manager, is going to get Bill O'Brien, the coach, fired. And you can't hold it. 
you can't not give it to O'Brien. He, he's won, I believe he's won the division for the last five years or made the playoffs four of the last five years, and he didn't have Deshaun Watson with him all, the, all that time. But the trade of DeAndre Hopkins is inexcusable. It is, it is one of those things that cannot be excused. It is a mistake so egregious that you don't get past it. Now, the reality is you're 0-3, but you opened with Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. That's the most, that is the murderer's row of, of opening schedules. I actually don't think it's impossible that the Texans play their way back into the playoffs this year. If they don't, and DeAndre Hopkins continues to put up MVP caliber numbers, and Deshaun Watson continues to look in desperate need of a friend, then I think it will be time to start considering making some change. Nothing else, having someone else run the football operation in Houston. Time for one more. Josh, you're on ESPN Radio. Josh, what do you want to know? Hi, Greeny. Thanks for taking my call. Love your show. So my question is actually pretty similar, but within a team in a very different spot. So first three weeks, we have seen absolutely terrible showings out of Atlanta. It's not as if Dan Quinn has not underperformed up to this point, really since being in the Super Bowl. My question is, what is it going to take for us to get a new head coach for this talented roster down here in Atlanta? Well, my gut feeling is... I don't, I don't know enough about the mindset of the ownership there, Arthur Blank, et cetera, to give you the chances that he gets fired midseason. I, I believe that if they don't bounce back and make a, a significant playoff run, in fact, I'll go so far as to say, by some miracle, still make the playoffs, I would be very surprised if a change isn't made. Here's the one thing I will say to you, Josh. I totally understand your frustration with Dan Quinn. I do. I get it. Those, particularly the last two weeks, are unimaginably terrible losses. And the coach definitely has to wear that. But at some point, we have to point the finger at the players, too. How in the world do the players let those two leads go? No, two team, no team had ever lost two games like that in any season before. The Falcons lost them twice in consecutive weeks. So, you know what? The players are allowed to know how to jump on, a, on a, an onside kick, too. The players are allowed to make a first down, one lousy first down in the fourth quarter to end the game, or one stop on Nick Foles. So the players are getting off a little easy. It's not just the coach who has blown it so far in Atlanta. All right, outstanding calls as always. Thank you for being a part of the conversation. We'll take some more as we go. Obviously, a jam-packed, busy day. Among the things I will do coming up, I will present for you absolute proof that there is something greater than 100%. That's on the way. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.